Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And we are back with another episode of the podcast after taking a couple weeks off in the dead of the offseason here. Late May, about to be June. There's really not a lot to talk about, but we're here to talk about the state of the Packers roster as it sits at 90 men. And we've also got a fun new segment that we're going to try out. That's what we do a lot on this show. We're always trying out these new segments. If you remember Quick Hitters, you're a real listener. Uh, Packers Guess Who? <laughs> Packers Guess Who? We did uh, during the in-person pods back in March, and uh, we we used to do way early on in the podcast. Bron, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in here in a minute. But do you remember when we used to do the if we win, if we lose? Where before every game we would talk about. What's going to be the reason we win? What's going to be the reason we lose? We've tried out a lot of segments, and we've got a new one to try out later on in the show. But, Braun, how have you been? How have you been enjoying your offseason? I've been good, Griff, and you're right. We do try a lot of fun things on this show, and that's why we have millions of listeners. And No, I'm just kidding. Millions. One day, maybe. Probably not. But uh, a lot of fun things we like to try, and that today will be one of those days where we try something fun. And, you know, we've kind of prepared a little bit for it, and it should be should be quite exciting for you fans out there that are bored in midsummer where nothing is going on in the NFL. Nope, it is a uh, it's Mount Rushmore season. All you can talk about is your Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah. But if you remember Packers Jeopardy, which we did in November of 2020 when Alex Wright died, that was a yeah. good episode. Um we got it free online. We were trying to come up with something similar to that when you were down in Florida with me in March and we came up with the the 21 questions for the for the Packers players. If you haven't listened to that, I think it was two podcasts ago. That was in person. It was like 3 a.m. That was a real fun one. And uh, later on, this this game we're going to try out. Um, we're working on a name for it. We've come up with a, we've come up with a few different options for a name. None of them are very good. One of them is um, Pump Fake or Pump Facts, which I'm quite fond of. Braun doesn't seem to approve of it. Basically, essentially what it is is me and Braun, we have three facts. Some of them are made up. Some of them are true facts. The idea is we're going to pitch it to each other and the we're going to have to guess if it's a if it's a true fact, if it's a pump fake or if it's a pump fact. <laughs> a couple other ones we have are just uh, play action fake or play action facts. Uh, what, what's another one we came up with here, Braun? False facts was another one we had in mind. But again, none of these are great. <laughs> so we still trying to come up with a name. Maybe give us a name in the comments if you're listening and maybe we'll use it from the uh, Today in Town suggestion box, Griff. <laughs> yeah, we're going to create an email for you guys to pitch us names for for this segment. I like pump fake or pump facts, but Braun seems to think that it's too much of a basketball term, which I understand, but our quarterback is the king of the pump fake. Either way, that's going to be a fun segment later on. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about the Packers roster as it sits currently after the draft, after all the UDFAs have been brought in. Um, not going to lie, before the draft, I was a little scared about what this season would look like. But right now, when you look around the Packers locker room at all the various positions, I, I feel pretty strongly about where they sit right now. We lose Devontae Adams, the best non-quarterback in the NFL, some could argue, which is gon- going to be a huge loss. But I think that the other positions, I, th- I think the lack of Devontae has allowed the Packers to to uh, supplement other positions in ways that maybe they couldn't have if they gave him a monster deal. And so there's there's always positives to look at, and uh, I think it's a pretty strong roster, Bron. How do you feel overall about this roster right now? Yeah, Griff, when you look at the positions of importance that maybe we, either we've struggled with over the years or we just need to play better, they've added a lot of talent 
They've added depth and things that we need to try to compete for a Super Bowl. And, and some of those things include, you know, getting another big star on, on back or a part of the football team, which we've done in, um, in some different capacities, whether it's you look at the first round picks we made on defense, uh, whether you look at some of the we did sign Jerron Reed, you know, at that D tackle spot where we could use more help in the middle. Just things like that that have made this football team a little stronger um, in a lot of different positions. Obviously, there are still some question marks, and we'll get to that, but you have to feel pretty good about where we're at when our quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and you know everything else is kind of falling into place from a roster standpoint. It's, it's a really strong roster like this year. I think it's going to be really strong, but it's also well-suited to be a very competitive roster in the coming years, these final years of Aaron Rodgers that we have coming up. Um, I don't know. L- let me let me know what you think of this take, Bron. Does it feel to you like this year they're obviously competing for a Super Bowl, but knowing that they have Aaron Rodgers under contract for multiple years to come until he decides to retire, do you think that this is the year that they're kind of just not going to press their put their foot on the gas all the way and they're willing to take a bump? You know, they have Rodgers. We have that floor of being in the playoffs, of competing for a Super Bowl, but maybe this isn't the year that we're going to put all our chips in the center and try to really get a ring this year um, because we know that we have Aaron Rodgers for years to come. And also, it's a really competitive NFL this year. Not so much in the NFC, but still in the NFC, there's a lot of great teams, and especially in the AFC, there are so many good teams, and there are so many teams that have seemed to go all in. You have the Broncos who traded for Russell Wilson. You have the Raiders who traded for Devontae Adams. You have the Eagles who traded for A.J. Brown. There's so many trades. There's so many roster moves going on where it feels like everyone is trying to win a ring this year. The The Bucks, they only have maybe this is their last year with Tom Brady. Like Maybe this isn't the best year for the Packers to try hard and get that ring. And so maybe they're kind of just setting themselves up for success in the future year. Years, which you can argue it always feels like we're doing that but this year I, I do think that it kind of feels that way where the front office is maybe thinking okay we're we're not going to be we're maybe we're not going to be the one seed in the NFC again this year maybe we're not going to win 13 games again but we have Aaron Rodgers we have a competitive roster we're there's a chance we could win a Super Bowl but it's not it's not Super Bowl or bust so much this year. What do you think of that, Bron? There's probably some credence to that just due to the fact that they have Rodgers for this year and at least next year and, and possibly even more. You know, as long as he wants to play, it seems like he'll be the guy, which is what, you know, me and you have been clamoring for for the longest time, and hopefully that stays true. But when you think about um, where they're at right now, they have made this defense probably – you know, in terms of talent purely on paper, this is probably the best defense they've had. And that's kind of been the case the last three years. You could say that the best defense they've had since that Super Bowl run, they've continued to like build and build and build to make it even better. So this defense with the first round picks that they've added and how many great players they already had, they really didn't lose anybody of note. Right. So um, they only added to that to that side of the ball. And it's just going to rely on what the Packers could do with their receivers, really, because. Uh, when you look at now um, that room, and we'll we'll get more into it, but uh, there's just a little bit more like there's got to be some question marks involved. So maybe you can't expect all of these young guys that they've added to come in and contribute right away, and that could be an issue in terms of their early season success, and it may halt some of their hopes to win the Super Bowl when these guys really don't have a ton of experience playing in big games. Um, but we'll we'll get more into the specifics about all the guys at those positions, but for now 
when you make the point of you know maybe they're not trying to win it this year I, that's probably not right the not the right words to say but they certainly haven't put all their chips in on this year for sure let's start with receivers as the first position group we go over so the number one receiver right now is a question mark <laughs> it, it feels like they're they're not going to go into the season with the mentality of even having a number one receiver um, because who would it be? Who's the number one receiver there? Alan Lazard, is he the best receiver we have? Maybe it's Sammy Watkins if you're looking for experience, or maybe it's Christian Watson because we drafted him in the second round. We traded up to go get him. Um, it's it's a big question mark, and I think especially going into week one, it's going to be uh, – Rodgers is going to be spreading the ball around. I don't think he's, – he's not going to have anyone to look to unless it's Randall Cobb, who he knows best. But even then, as we saw in the playoff game, he's, he's not going to force it to Cobb if he's not open. So it's it's a question mark as who's going to be the top guy there when we don't have Devontae, which is going to be a change of pace because Devontae was the definition of the top guy, and he sucked all the coverage from the defense. He, he, he had his own gravity. Like they say about Steph Curry, Devontae had that gravity, and uh, he made it easy for Rodgers uh, when it comes to like looking for the first read. He made it easy for LaFleur, too, when designing a first read. It's always going to be Devontae. Um, but now we don't have that, and it's it's the other end of the spectrum where we don't have any top guy at all. But uh, the the strength of the receiver room is definitely the depth because it's they're going to have to cut one or two of these guys who I'm sure Gutekunst isn't really itching to cut. We have a lot of players here who could really make an impact, and it's going to be tough to keep all of them on the roster. But how do you feel overall about this about this room, Ron? Well, you look at in terms of just the guys that they have, and there are guys with experience. You mentioned Sammy Watkins, who they signed in free agency. That could be a legitimate player for us. Um, he's got experience playing in Super Bowls, and he's got uh, a lot of you know big big moments and, and big big catches and he had some in Baltimore he's had them in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes so he's played with good quarterbacks he's quick you know he's a good route runner you watch some of his tape and and he can bring something to this offense I feel like he has a lot of talent um, he was picked very high for a reason in the first round he just hasn't materialized totally to the way that they would have hoped on the teams that he's been on but He's got a lot of talent. I feel like he can really be a contributor. And then obviously, you know how big a fan I am of Christian Watson. I think he can be the number one guy pretty early on. But then you have Alan Lazard and you have Randall Cobb. So there is some familiarity for Rodgers, but there's going to be a lot of trust building as well. Amari Rodgers has to build trust and he's been here, you know, and, and that's another guy that he's he's come in faster and stronger, the coaches say, and, and he's going to be rely, relied on to contribute, you know, whether it's from the slot or anywhere else. So there's a lot of options. The two rookies uh, that were picked pretty early, and then you've got Samari Torre as well. So just a lot of guys. And like you said, are they going to keep seven? My 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 guess is yes. But there are still, even after that, going to be some guys, like whether it's Malik Taylor or Jawan Winfrey, that they're going to have to cut that they probably wouldn't cut if they had Devontae Adams and didn't have to add so many guys to the room this year. Who do you think, if you had to pick one guy – who do you think surprises people in 2022? Is it Christian Watson or is it a guy like Amari Rogers? Who do you expect to to come out and by the end of the season we have a much higher opinion of him than we did coming into it? I would go with Randall Cobb just because I think he's going to probably be a, a real contributor for us. Um, I People underestimate how good he is already. And I continue to say that he is, you know, he looks great. When he's on the field, he looks great. He's played great for us. He's making big catches. He's an alpha out there, and he's got the trust with Rodgers, and their connection is so strong. 
it was close to what they had with Devontae. It's just the, the breakup in years between when he was there and when he wasn't, and the time off has probably derailed some of that a little bit. But when they've been on the field together this past season, it's been fireworks. It's been excellent plays. And, and Randall Cobb looks great. He feels great. So I would say that he's going to surprise some people playing a very similar to what some of the great stuff he was doing in years past. And, you know, a lot of the disrespect of him, you know, the fact that he took a pay cut is great, but people are acting like he can't play anymore, and that's just not the case. Um, so I'm excited to see him uh, come out and prove a lot of people wrong and play really well for this Packers team that needs a veteran like him in the slot to stay healthy and be a huge contributor, and, and I have faith that he'll do that. The two rookies to me with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, I feel like they both are going to be significant contributors when they walk in the door, and, and that's just because of they've been they've been the guys before on their team so it's not like they're walking in they don't have like the raw you know potential like that over Sean Gary had or, or other guys that they've drafted that weren't superstars at, in college like these guys were the number one guys at their schools I feel like that's going to translate pretty well to the idea that they can come in and contribute right away uh, so to me, when you look at those guys, I, you know, I think Christian Watson is going to be ridiculously good. I expect him to compete for rookie of the year. And I think he could be that number one receiver when it's all said and done at the end of this year in terms of receiving yards. And, and I love how versatile he is being able to do things out of the backfield and whatnot as well. And Dobbs can make so many contested catches. His catch radius is ridiculous. He does so many things well, good route runner. And these guys were both, you know, playing really well at the senior bowl against really good competition, so I'm not scared of, of the idea that they may not be able to come in and, and compete at the NFL level. So I'm just excited about those guys as well, and I think they're going to be contributors. And hopefully, the, you know, whether it's Sammy Watkins or a stepping up of Amari Rogers and these two rookies and even maybe Samari Torre, anybody who can step up that wasn't there is going to help contribute to the loss of Devontae Adams and, and make this receiving core something that we can win a Super Bowl with, and, and hopefully that's the case. I think if this team is going to be successful, if this team is going to win a Super Bowl, I think that that has to involve Amari Rodgers improving. And he didn't get a lot of opportunities his rookie year, and that's probably due to the fact that he, he wasn't very good. Um, he No one expected him to come in, come in and contribute right away, especially with the guys that we had. But um, uh, he, he definitely struggled as a rookie, especially even on, on special teams he struggled. But... Uh, coming into this year, I think he's going to have a lot more opportunities with the loss of Devontae Adams and the the youth of the room as it is. And I think we're going to need a big step up from Amari. And if he can become what he showed he could be at Clemson and what a lot of people thought he could be uh, going into last season, if he can uh, if he can become some of that even, then that's definitely exciting. And a guy, a coach like Matt LaFleur, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, they have so many ideas. I'm sure there's a lot of fun ways that they could use him. Like Mike McCarthy used to do with a young Randall Cobb, uh, I think I think they could get really fun with Amari. Okay, moving off of uh, receivers, there was a lot of receiver talk there, as usual on this show. Uh, let's move on to uh, the running back room, because I feel like this is one of the strengths on the roster. We have the two-headed monster, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, the two A.J.'s, and behind them, we have Kylan Hill, whose rookie season was cut short last year, but he showed a lot of promise. Patrick Taylor, who the coaching staff seems to really like. And behind Taylor is a guy that a lot of people like, maybe a lot of people's favorite undrafted guy that we got this offseason, Tyler Goodson from Iowa. He you know, he did a lot of things on special teams, good ball player that they like. Uh, so he could come in and compete for that number four spot, which is a little bit open right now. 
could they just stick with the four that you mentioned, Patrick Taylor, Kylan Hill, and obviously the two AJs? Probably they could do that, but Tyler Goodson comes and, and provides some youth and uh, some other things that they, they might like for a special team standpoint that Rich Passaccia might get interested in. Um, but it's an exciting group. That That is one of the stronger groups, like you mentioned. So there's not too much to talk about here, but when you look at that group, um, there's good competition at every level of that of that depth chart. And there's going to be a lot of production, you know, not only running the ball, but I think catching the ball out of the backfield from our two two big guys there, um, the, the AJs. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch them grow and develop continuously because they both are. And, and especially AJ because of how great he's become in catching the ball and, and just being impossible to stop. So it's exciting, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing this group do well with Aaron Rodgers. Um, with a little less on Devontae Adams, obviously, you know, him not being there, a little less pressure um, on the receivers to contribute when you've got these running backs that can catch the ball as well. So it'll be more exciting. The subtraction of Devontae Adams has to have an impact in some way on the Packers' run-pass ratio this season, right? It has to have a an impact, probably resulting in more rushing attempts. So it, it feels like for a couple years in a row now, this team has been gearing up to be a run-first team, but having Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who are so dangerous, it obviously makes sense why they wouldn't want to be that team. But uh, this year, you take out Devontae Adams and uh, the, the strength of the offensive line and the strength of our running backs in the, the knowing our coach's background, it would make sense to see this team come out, whether you like it or not, Bron, <laughs> whether I like it or not too, to see this team come out and just be a, a run first football team. And maybe that's the strength of this offense. Maybe the strength of this offense would be a Kyle Shanahan-esque, 49ers-esque uh, offensive attack where uh, the, the strength lies in the run game and the play action off of that, rather than what we saw a lot of last year of the the five wide, the four wide, uh, just almost uh, not quite Mike McCarthy level offense, but pretty close and just keeping Aaron Rodgers comfortable. No Devontae Adams makes me think they're not going to want to play football that way anymore. And I'm thinking that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are probably going to have their their most productive seasons under Matt LaFleur this upcoming year. I'm going to disagree with you in terms of the fact that I think any football team led by Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to be a passing offense. And uh, Will they run the ball more? Maybe, but I doubt it. I think they're going to do everything they expect to do on offense, passing the ball, running the ball. I think they're going to give Aaron Rodgers the ball in his hands when the moments matter most. And I'm not expecting anything different just because they lost a receiver that you know, caught most of the passes, there will be other guys that will step up in some capacity and they're going to have to find a way to replace the things that Devontae Adams brought, not with just one guy, with a, with a group of guys that'll just make this offense a little more multiple with the receivers that they have, more options, uh, and it'll, it'll keep Rodgers' eyes all over the field as opposed to just locked in on one guy. So to me, I think it's going to be all about what they do passing the ball this year, and I think it could be you know, we could see something where Rodgers is even more efficient. He's hitting the open target on every play. That is a possibility. You can't rule that out where this offense somehow, despite our football team not being better without Devontae, of course, uh, without him, we could see a scenario where Rodgers is just a little more efficient or we do something a little bit different that keeps us, you know, just doing more things, multi- multiplicity, if you will, um, being able to pass the ball around a little bit more as opposed to, them just you know coming down to it it's it's their defense trying to stop the one guy that we have and the, the connection and and it, it doesn't happen often usually they find a way but Rodgers is going to have his eyes open all across the field and it should give this Packers offense a little bit more chance to 
just capitalize on open guys and that are schemed up, and hopefully that's the case as well. The efficiency is what we've seen every time the Packers don't have Devontae in, in the last three years under Matt LaFleur. It's the, the 7-0 record everyone knows about, but every single time that those games come up, Rodgers always just plays his absolute best, and it's always because he's playing in the offense. And, I mean, this we can we go in circles every single time we talk about this, but there are times where Rodgers will, will change the play at the line, especially in, in crunch time, in big situations. And why wouldn't he when you have the best receiver in football? But uh, there are times that he's going to change the play and just look at Devontae no matter the coverage, no matter the play, because that's his guy. So when you take that away, he's he has no choice but to play in the offense because he's not gonna he's not gonna do the same thing for a rookie receiver. He's not gonna do the same thing for Alan Lazard or Sammy Watkins, you know. So uh, I think I think that's gonna result in more efficiency. Is it gonna result in a better offense? Who knows? I would I would tend to think no, but I do think it's gonna result in a more efficient offense, and I also think it's gonna result in an offense that is more uh, uh, more run heavy. I think it's going to result in a lot more a lot more rushing success this year, a lot a lot more rushing attempts as well. And you know, think back to 2020. You remember, well, just think back to last year. It, it was like especially early on in the season when Rodgers wasn't playing his best football. It was noticeable how much the how much different the offense felt from 2021 to 2020. In 2020, it was more of a Matt LaFleur offense. That was more of a uh, just a, a schematic success for Rodgers, where last year it felt more like for like his his prime, like his late twenties, early thirties, those years. Um, but in twenty twenty, it was it was a very run heavy attack with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones rather than AJ Dillon. Um, and then and then last year Rodgers was it was more of a, a spread it out offense. But I think we're gonna go. I think it's gonna. What I'm saying is I think it's gonna look more like twenty twenty this year rather than twenty twenty one. Okay, Griff, let's talk about the tight end position where. It's a lot of the familiar faces, a returning Robert Tunyon. Hopefully he comes back soon. But, of course, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Dominique Daphne, our favorite. You know, these guys are still here. Jay Sternberger? No, no. Not anymore, anymore. but we interviewed him as well. So these guys, you know, we have a lot of familiarity with what they do. I haven't even mentioned Tyler Davis, who stepped up last year. So they've got a lot of guys. Like, there's guys that they like. They even have Eli Wolf, who they picked up off waivers. Uh, this summer that they've done so far. Uh, so they've got guys that they like. It's all about who's going to – how many are they going to keep, who's going to step up to make it, who's a practice squad guy. Are they just going to stick with – you know, is, is Robert Tunyon a pupless guy? Maybe he's not ready. And they go with Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Daphne, Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis seems like a lock at this point for the roster just because of, you know, the way that Brian Gutekunst has talked about him, the way that Matt LaFleur has talked about him. Uh, he seems like he's going to be a pretty good lock to make the roster, but you know, could Mercedes Lewis be a surprise cut? Probably not, but it's a possibility, right? Some of these things he's making a lot of money. Um, until they find better options, like in, unless they found some kind of uh, elite receiving threat um, or somebody that's you know that becomes available that you know we're able to acquire, I, they're probably going to stick with the guys that they have. Put Robert Tunyon on the pup list for the first six weeks, and then they start running with what they've got and. And maybe a couple practice squad guys are elevations and whatnot, but it's probably going to be a lot of the same that we saw last year. I agree, and and as I was saying with the the return to more of a twenty twenty offense without Devonte Adams, I think that could result in more Robert Tunyon success because 
Um, a lot of his success when he had his breakout year in 2020 was built upon the scheme. Was A lot of it was just the, the wide-open wheel routes that he was open on off the play action. It was all schemed up. And last year, he didn't have the greatest start to the year. He wasn't making a ton of plays. But it's not like he had a ton of open looks. He, he didn't have a ton of opportunities like he did the year prior. So this year, I think we could see a return of the 10-touchdown Tanyan. How's that for a nickname? 10-touchdown Tanyan? I don't know. Not as good as do it all no, that's back. good. Oh, not as good as do it, do it all, Daphne. Daphne. No. I made that one up. Ten, ten touchdown Tanyan's pretty good. Not I like bad. that one. Big play, not Bobby. Bad. Big play, Bobby. I like that one better. <laughs> They're both Although, good. I don't, think, I don't think he likes going by Bobby. Didn't he come out and say that? I don't know if he said no. I think he likes that. Rogers calls him Bobby all the time. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if he's a big fan. Would you want to go by Bobby? I don't know. Um, Tyler Davis. A childish name, but maybe maybe we'll get him on the show and ask him. Let's do it, dude. Tyler Davis, he might have to come on the show. Future Hall of Famer. Uh, he had Don't a great catch all. against Baltimore. <laughs> <He had> a, <laughs> the whole tight end room. We got to get a round table with the entire tight end room. Bring back Jace. That would be awesome. <laughs> we should get the whole tight end room on a show. That'd be crazy. Yeah, bring back Jace, too, just for the fun of it. But uh, it, it's, it's not the best room. But I've, it feels like as the years go on, tight end as a position just means less to the NFL than it used to in years past. You know, there's only a few great ones. And there's even fewer good ones. And you can always find a competent one on the open market, which usually means that it's not really a valuable position. So it's kind of phasing out of the offense. But as long as we've got Mercedes Lewis, who is a leader, and Robert Tunyon, who I would call a good tight end, I think we're in good shape there. Uh, we got to move on a little, a little bit quicker here if we're going to get to our, our fun little segment that doesn't have a name as of this point. Um, so let's go on to the offensive line. Offensive line, the returning David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Hopefully, fingers crossed on that one. Obviously, we learned last year no guarantees on him returning. But uh, most likely, probably going to be back at the left tackle, which is great because he's the best left tackle in the league. Then we've got John Runyon with another year under his belt at left guard. Josh Myers with another year under his belt at center. Uh, right guard, it's probably going to be Royce Newman, I imagine. Uh, Elton Jenkins, who, is not, who knows if he's going to be able to start uh, the week one. Probably not, right? He's probably a pup list guy. Yeah, he'll probably end up going on the pup list just because, you know, the whole ACL thing, they're very cautious and... Obviously, we saw what would happen with David last year. They're not going to rush anything, of course. But you know, they got the guys. Yeah, that's a great move that we made. Obviously, cut our starting tackle, guard, everything, right? But uh, at least now we have more rookies we can put in there, which is always good. Uh, I do trust the Packers front office when it comes of course, to drafting right? linemen. Um, yeah. uh, Zach Tom is a guy people are really excited about. Um, Cole Van Lannen. <laughs> I. He, <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know, Griff. Uh, yeah, well, we got Yash Nyman. Yash Nyman, who uh, okay. started a couple games, and uh, yeah. he showed promise, and I'm excited to see him back. He's a nice piece of depth that we have. We've got a lot of nice depth at the O-line, and um, all these guys with another year of experience. Royce Newman, who I thought just had a really, really dreadful rookie season. I'm, I'm mm. excited to see him return and hopefully improve as an offensive lineman. And um, as as I always say, these guys, I just have automatic faith in them to pan out. And Josh Myers, same thing with him. And I think it's an addition by subtraction of not having Lucas Patrick on this team because Josh Myers started over him when he was healthy. He's obviously a better player. And I think a lot of a lot of the locker room really likes um, Lucas Patrick and Matt LaFleur really likes Lucas Patrick. He's a great guy. But as a football player, 
I was not his biggest fan. And having the games where he was starting at center and Royce was starting at right guard, when you go back and watch the tape, it was just missed blocks, missed blocks <laughs> over and over and over again. And um, that got really old. But I'm excited to see, hopefully, a much stronger offensive line this year because it was one of our biggest weaknesses at times in 2021. The three rookies that we've brought in, Rashid Walker, uh, Zach Tom, and then, of course, you look at Sean Ryan in the third round. I feel like those three guys provide excellent depth. They're players that we drafted in a position where they were expected to go much higher and we were able to get them later in the draft. They look pro-ready. They can come in and probably contribute as depth pieces or start in a pinch right away. So I think we're going to have much improved depth than we had last year where we were starting guys that just, and it was just working out, of course, a lot of the time, but then it would come back to bite us against these good pass-rushing playoff teams. So when you look at that, uh, I feel like the depth that they have now is, is pretty exciting and And it should be an improved group from last year, even though there's going to be some turnover. We're not going to have Elton at least to start the year, most likely. We're not going to have Bill Turner now. But uh, just the depth overall, I think, is much better. And that's something exciting and and something to look forward to. Now, Griff, let's talk about the quarterback position. When you talk about, um, obviously, we know our guy Aaron Rodgers starting number one, of course. Jordan Love, complicated situation. You know, he's playing it really well, though. He is... Uh, you know, when, when you, when you hear him talk, he's, he's saying all the right things. And, um, I think he's, you know, great human being. I think he's got the, got the mentality of what it takes to be a quarterback in this league, but it's just not going to be for green Bay at this point right now. Kurt Benkert, decent, uh, number three. And then Danny Etling is the, the training camp arm that they've got in there as the number four. Um, not really much to talk about here. The only difference is, you know, it's Jordan Love kind of like we're going to see what he can do once again. And maybe this is the time where uh, teams get a better look at him. And then maybe next year's is when they look to trade him. But for now, uh, they need a backup who knows the offense. And, you know, he does. And hopefully he keeps developing. And because if Rodgers goes down, they need another guy. And, and right now that's Love. And, uh, He's saying all the right things, and with Rodgers being locked in, it's much easier to say, you know, just you know, let him develop this year and, and see how he does in the preseason. Um, even though he could be flipped for somebody that can help us contribute right now, like a receiver or something like that, uh, it's probably best that they keep him around just in case Rodgers has to miss a single game or maybe two games, and they can compete with the team, hopefully, as he continues to grow, hopefully another hopefully. But, you know, all these things are contingent on what he can do, and, and hopefully that's the case. It's for the good of the Packers if he comes out this preseason and looks a lot stronger than he did in uh, in 2021 preseason and regular season included. Everyone thinks of the Chiefs game, which is his one and his one and only start where he really struggled. But um, you can you can chalk that up to a great defensive coordinator and a pretty solid defense in Kansas City. But I think the more concerning game was definitely the Week 18 game against Detroit when uh, he he played pretty poorly against a pretty dreadful Lions team. Um, that was not, that was not inspiring to say the least. And I feel like that was the point where a lot of Packers fans realized that this guy, I I don't know where he's going to play, but he's probably not the future in green Bay, which, um, uh, we're not going to take a victory lap on this show. We do that enough, but, um, I'm hoping that he improves just so, uh, it increases his trade value because his trade value as of right now is not very high and I'm wishing him the best. I am. I like Jordan love as a human. Um, I'm hoping that we trade him to a team in the AFC and he turns out to be a really good starter for them because um, that's just not going to happen in Green Bay, unfortunately for him. 
Um, and I do feel bad, honestly. Sometimes, sometimes I do feel bad for the way we talk about him because he is a human being, and uh, he, he, you know, he has a family. His mom was up there in the nosebleeds watching him in Kansas City. Um, great guy. I like Jordan Love as human, but um, I'm hoping that he plays better this season than he did last season. Um, beyond that, uh, Kurt Benkert, yeah, who who cares about beyond that, right? You went through this whole thing about talking about, oh, I feel bad the way we talk about Jordan Love. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kurt Benkert, who cares? Am I right? <laughs> eh, but... You know, everyone likes Kurt Benkert, the, the human, as well. I like Kurt, the human. <laughs> I don't know much about Danny Etling. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, too. But uh, Kurt, if, if we're watching Kurt Benkert play meaningful snaps, then there's a major, major issue. That's a true statement, sure. All right, Griff, let's get away from the quarterbacks because we talk about them quite a bit on this show as well. One position I'm quite excited about, let's talk about the interior D-line, obviously headlined by Kenny Clark. The first-round pick, Devontae Wyatt, is an addition, putting somebody next to Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry's still there, of course, and he could be, you know, we'll see what happens with him. I I don't think he's going to get cut, especially after the year he just had, but you never know. He's got to continue to play well, right? Um, But they have added guys to put some pressure on. Jaron Reed, we've talked about him a lot. He's a great addition from Kansas City, from Seattle. He's done a lot of good things in this league, and he's just another veteran presence. T.J. Slayton, just a lot of talent here compared to what we've had in the past. T.J. Slayton coming off uh, a year where he showed some stuff for us. So Jack Heflin's still in Green Bay as well. So these guys are, um, you know, coming in. Jonathan Ford, the draft pick. These guys are coming in, stepping up, and are going to have opportunities to make this football team. What was once a weakness is now, I would argue, one of the Packers' biggest strengths. I mean, Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt there in the middle. Devontae Wyatt is most people's favorite draft pick other than Christian Watson, Uh, but he's the guy who people expect to come in right away and just contribute because he was so good at Georgia. Putting him next to Kenny Clark, finally someone who's actually close to Kenny Clark's level. No offense to Dean Lowry, great player, good player. But uh, having someone who who has the talent of Devontae Wyatt to go in and play next to Kenny, I mean, that's going to be something that we've literally never seen before. Mike Daniels, remember Mike Daniels? People forget about Mike Daniels. He's probably the closest that we've seen to that. And then uh, the depth behind him. We've got TJ Slayton, who people were so excited for last year. Um, excited to see him. Uh, continue to develop and grow as a player and like you mentioned Jerron Reed who has experience he can come in on the three linemen on the three linemen packages and it's the three of them and then we've got Dean Lowry also it's it's a really loaded position and um like I said it was once a it was once a weakness going into the draft going into free agency this was right next right up there with wide receiver in terms of bare bones of how bare bones the position was but now it's it's really loaded and it's right at the front of the defense the defense overall is really good and I'm excited to see them play yeah Griffin and we look at that position it's all about rotation it's about giving Kenny Clark a little bit of rest in between downs and then having still capable players out there instead of guys like Tyler Lancaster playing half the snaps in a football game no offense to Tyler but uh you know he's not on the football team anymore and and we're gonna have better players out there which is good. You know, you want to have good players on the field at all times. And now we've got the six guys deep that can come in and, and spell Kenny and, and spell Dean with guys like Slayton and Jaron Reed, you know, whoever's going to start and Devonte Wyatt, these guys with young legs and, and they're going to be fresh and it's going to be great. You know, I, I just think that this is going to be a much better position. Um, that's going to be a little bit more consistent production and, and they're going to be able to stay healthy and, and, and be a consistent rotation, which is always good for a position like that. And similarly, Griff, let's talk about what it looks like at the pass rusher position outside linebacker. 
Um, we know the two guys that are still there. Obviously, it's Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Those are going to be our two guys now. Um, after that, it's a little bit more complicated because we were hoping it would be Whitney Merciless. Then he retired. We were hoping Z could come back, and he was released. And now it's a little bit more, uh, I guess you could say, light at the back end of, of that group. The third edge rusher is looking like the fifth-round pick, Kingsley Enigbear, um, who, look, he was he was expected to go within the top 100 picks, and he didn't. Green Bay picked him up based on his pure football talent. Um, a lot of people compare him in terms of athleticism and size to Zedarius, uh, which is, that's encouraging, but of course you can't just expect that to be the case. Um, and then it's Randy Ramsey, who they've had there for a while, coming off an injury. He's coming back. Jonathan Garvin. He needs to improve, uh, but he played decent at times when he was coming in the game last year. Uh, Tipa Galei as well, he is in. Uh, he's going to be coming in again, and, and hopefully he'll make the roster. So they've got guys. Ladarius Hamilton was here as well. So they've, they've got guys that they like, but it's just there's not that true number three. And when they've been having three guys for the past couple of years that have been pretty good, last year they had some depth issues, but this year, um, you know, it's looking like they may struggle with that again, but hopefully somebody steps up, whether it's Kingsley or somebody else, and they can contribute right away and, and solidify uh, the pass rush for Green Bay. Yeah, it does feel like they're they're kind of missing a player there, but uh, Rashawn Gary is the guy to watch. He's due for a new contract. He's maybe this year, if he can match what he did in 2021, he may get that in the middle of this season. Um, yeah, I feel like the more I think about it, maybe this was their plan. Um, back in 2019 when they bring in the Smith brothers and they draft Rashawn Gary number 12 overall. Maybe they thought that Rashawn is going to take a couple years, so we've got to, we've got to sign two guys who can come in and play right away in free agency. Rashawn is going to take a couple years to really develop into what we think he can be, and by the time he does that, we're going to have to move on from one of the Smith brothers. And a lot of people would have expected that to be Preston, but it ends up being Zedarius, who uh, struggled with injuries, also struggled with uh, the his, his price tag was quite expensive. So we have to move off of Zedarius. What do you know? Rashawn Gary is that guy now and is as good or maybe even better than what Zedarius was his best season in 2019. And so now we've got Rashawn to go with Preston, which we saw all of last year while Zedarius was out. And uh, that's that's a really great duo, I think. Um, behind them, we do have some death issues. Like you mentioned, there's no number three. Whitney Merciless would have been really nice to come back, but that feels like a thing where in training camp, when that wave of cuts happens in August and in early September, uh, I feel like it's not going to be too difficult for them to find a guy who can come in and play. All right, Griff, let's talk about my favorite position and my hot take. I feel like it's the most important position on defense. Let's talk about middle linebacker, inside linebacker with Devondre Campbell at the forefront, getting that new deal, five years, $50 million, our superstar all-pro staying in Green Bay. And then you talk about the draft pick as well. We've got Quay Walker, who is now entering the mix, the athletic, the young, the fast, the strong, the tall, whatever you want to call him. He is ridiculously athletic, and he's going to be contributing right <laughs> Just away. Just about everything. He's coming in. <laughs> Just every attribute, he's got it. He is he, He's hyper-athletic. He is all the, all the traits you can imagine. Um, and they're hoping he can come in right away and be that number two guy where they can play a little more in base and they can play in nickel and they're very more versatile with what they want to call and, and who they want personnel-wise on the field. But then Chris Barnes, who has been a starter for the past couple years now, he will be hopefully translating into the number three spot where I think he's probably best suited. 
as opposed to being a starter because he is an undrafted guy who makes mistakes and isn't particularly great against the pass. Now we've got two guys who are spectacular against the pass with Walker and Campbell in the middle. And Ty Summers is still back there. He can play special teams. McDuffie is still there. He was playing special teams last year. They've got guys that they like, but it's going to be interesting to see who actually makes the roster behind those two studs in the middle. I almost don't want to get my hopes up for Quay, but um, my hopes are my hopes are pretty high because I think he's gonna. I don't know what he's gonna be able to do rookie rookie year. I honestly, I it wouldn't surprise me if he comes in and struggles and maybe isn't the starter by the middle of the season and we have to go back to Chris Barnes. But uh, I mean, if all goes well, this guy, him and Devondre are gonna be quite the duo. And what it does, it's similar to getting Jair back in the playoffs last year. It pushes Chris Barnes down the depth chart. It pushes him to the number three spot. And he has how many starts under his belt now? Our number three linebacker is, he was a former starter. And that's really valuable for him to come in and and have that experience under his belt. And, um, and like you said, Ty Summers, I mean, not our favorite linebacker on the team. But uh, it's he's he's got a lot of experience as well. So this position maybe not the best on the team, and I I, I wouldn't agree with you as uh, the the most important position on defense. But it's a very strong group, and as we saw with Devondre last year, when you get elite talent at that position, it can really change your defense. You'll see one day, Griff. Anyway, let's move on to the quarterback. <laughs> this year, this year I'm going to see. Yes, In you're going to see. I'm going to be like, oh yeah, the most important yes. position. I've come. I've not always said that, but to me, that's you know, I've I've mentioned why on on recent podcasts. So go back and listen if you haven't already. But I mean, tell I, me I, why. Tell me why you think a dominant linebacker is more important than a lockdown corner or an elite pass rusher. Well, I I just think they control everything and they do everything and they're responsible for everything. Think about what Devondre does. He does all of the things you just said in the middle of the field where it's most important to lock things down. And how and you saw how much it improved our defense and you saw how valuable he was. And now if we get two of those guys who can do all those things, I just think it's important. And plus, Devondre is the one who's controlling where everybody goes. He's the one who's making all the calls, making sure everybody's in their position, in their spot, ready to to follow through on their assignments. So I just think it's the most important position on defense. And, you know, not everybody believes that. Some people think it's the least important position. And I can understand why for many years, they they very much did. And now they've got a middle linebacker coach coaching their defense. And we're seeing how things have changed for the better. And it's made their defense better as well. So it's, it's kind of apparent to me for sure. But I do want to move on now, Griff, to the cornerback position where, of course, you know, many understand the reality that now we have the best cornerback trio in all of football with Jair Alexander healthy on an extension coming back for the long term. And it's exciting to say, and then we've got the young stud, Eric Stokes, who played really great last year, pretty early and and was able to come in and contribute without Alexander on the field a lot. And Rasul Douglas came in the middle of the season and became an all pro caliber player, pro bowl caliber player. And he is an intercept. He's the pick magnet as I've nicknamed him. And he is, an incredible football player for this defense because he knows just about everything the other offense is going to be doing at all times. This group is really exciting. There's depth behind there that you might want to talk about a little bit more in depth, pun intended, Griff, but uh, excited about that trio as our starters for the present and the future. It's so exciting, and this is, I think, no doubt the strength of the entire roster, the cornerback room. Um, Jair Alexander, finally get him under contract for the long term. Best cornerback in football, arguably. 
Um, and then Eric Stokes, the one thing he needs to work on is tracking the ball, as we talked about all of last season. Because some, I, I hope that's what he's been doing for the last three months, just in the backyard, someone throwing him a ball, just doing receiver drills. Because get if on he the could just, machine, Stokes. If, if he could just track the ball, it's not even the catching. It's just like he has no idea where the ball is. If he could just work <laughs> on that, man, he would have. He he looked like he looked like rookie Alexander last season he did it was just he wasn't making the same pass breakups or interceptions that Jair was making but uh if he can work on that there's there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a really great player and then you got Rasul in that trio like you said best in football it's really really hard to come up with a cornerback trio that good and the Packers have been trying to do that for so many years and now they finally have it they've swung so many times in the first round on cornerbacks and now they finally hit on two of them they find a free agent in Rasul and they lock all of them up we've got them all under contract for the long term and that's really exciting the depth there maybe not the most exciting thing in the world Shamar John Charles we're going to need to see more from him fifth round pick in 2021 we're going to need to see more than him KB on Ento people got really excited about in uh in training camp but we didn't see a ton from him either um he wears number 48 not a fan of a cornerback wearing number 48 and then joe carriage wore that number fullback (laughs) our our guy rico gafford here rico gafford you remember Uh, rico switching from receiver now playing cornerback wow Uh, that could be uh imagine he turns out to be a pro bowler that would be so funny apparently he's the fastest guy on the roster Faster than Rodgers? Aaron? Good one. Aaron? Yeah. yeah, good one. Faster than Mercedes? That would have been better if I said faster oh, than yeah, Mercedes. Oh, that, yeah, that probably would have made me laugh a little bit more just because, you know, Rodgers, like, we yeah. know he's a speed demon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the safety position. Rico Gafford conversation is over. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, obviously we know those two guys. Adrian, It's a lot easier on defense. We know what's going on. Adrian Amos. Darnell Savage, two studs, man. I think Savage has to play a little better this year, but he's even when he's not playing great, he's good for a big play every game, I feel like. He's just so disruptive when he gets close to the line of scrimmage in the run game. He does everything he can, playing free safety, center field, making big picks, catching balls like they were supposed to be thrown to him with interceptions. He does everything, and obviously what Amos does as basically he's the signal signal caller for the back end, just controlling everybody's responsibilities, making sure everybody is assignment sure. He's just everything we needed when we brought him in, and he's been spectacular for us, and he's the guy that I wanted in free agency that year, and, and he's come in and done everything we could have asked and more. Uh, so, I, look, the back end is so so locked down. It, it's We've got the best back end in football right now, if you ask me, and uh, having those two guys is, is paramount to what we're going to be doing on defense this year. Behind them is Vernon Scott. You know, other guys, Tariq Carpenter, who we drafted, and, and he's a hybrid type guy that's going to be hopefully exciting. Uh, playing probably the Henry Henry Black role, Griff, that role that we've seen trying to Your be fulfilled player. by many guys. Yeah, my favorite and everybody's favorite, obviously. Um, the Raven Green role. Raven Green role. I Ibrahim love that Campbell position. role. Yes, yes. Name more, right? Like, there's a lot of guys. Tariq Carpenter was probably drafted to, A, play special teams, and, B, come in and try to play that role, right? Because they've had guys come in and do that um, at a really young age, maybe undrafted, maybe a late-round pick. That's probably what he came in to do. So, hopefully, he can do that. Um, exciting stuff, though. The back end looks good. The safeties are strong. The corners are strong. My favorite position, middle linebacker, very strong. Everything looks good, Griff. And uh, let's move on to special teams, finally, to end it off. The new punter, Pat O'Donnell, 
I'm a big fan. I think he's going to be great, consistent. He's been kicking in, in the cold weather for years and years, so it's exciting to have a guy like, almost like you would say Mason. And they've hit it off, by the way. He's been uh, living in Mason Crosby's basement for the last uh, several weeks. I don't know if that's, that's still going on. That's a weird situation there. Isn't that I weird? think they're... Isn't it great that they're getting close though? I think I think I mean, it's a good yeah, sign. It's, 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 it's a, a good it's sign. a good sign. I mean, I'd rather them be close and be friends, which is going to translate to better play. But he's got Crosby posted on Instagram those those stepbrothers pictures. Exactly. Like, did he it's... have to teach Mason how to how to use an iPhone? <laughs> he had posts before that. He's maybe <laughs> he just opened them up photos. a little bit more. Yeah, golf yeah. and whatever. Pat O'Donnell, yeah, but... he's big on Instagram. He's got a lot of followers. It's weird. Yeah, and he, he's like an uh, influencer. He follows, he follows me as well. He's like an influencer first, punter second. It's pretty well. Weird. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he's as good at punting in Green Bay as he is on Instagram. Uh, but behind, hopefully he's good at punting. <laughs> yeah, that would be that. Why don't you quote that and post it right there? But uh, <laughs> well, all right. Well, with Mason Crosby, the odds are he'll be our kicker, right? But they do have a guy that they might want to practice squad if he shows up and plays well. Dominic Eberly, former Raider, Rich Basaccia familiarity. You get the picture. He's going to compete with Crosby and probably be a practice squad candidate once all once all is said and done. Now we get to the most important position on the football team: long snapper. Stephen Wordle is still there, but they bit, they did bring in Jack Coco. Um, I think he's an undrafted guy. I don't know. We'll find out. Long snapper, just <laughs> you know, do your job, please. And then after that, that's pretty much it. So there you go. It's it's not Griff. You want to add anything to what I just said? Nope, you covered special teams there pretty well. I have faith yeah. in Rich Bisaccia to uh, turn this. So do around. I. I love that man. I he hope so, so at least. I do too. I, I'm excited for what he can do um, to kind of revamp what we've got going on. And with that, that's our 90 man roster. We mentioned pretty much everybody, not everybody though, because there are just some guys that are not going to make the football team. Um, but we mentioned a lot of guys. Um, that are going to help and contribute this year. And there's going to be, you know, with, with the 53 on the team and then the 16 on the practice squad, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have a chance to do something for this team and help us try to win a Super Bowl. And a lot of them are going to come from the guys we just mentioned. So it's it's exciting and it's fun. And, and now, speaking of exciting and fun, Griff, let's Wait, play the game that, that we don't that, have. Uh, before the game, I have three quick questions. You have to answer these in one sentence quick, or less. Okay, okay quick so hitters first, is back. Quick hitters is back. It's the, the ticking <laughs> clock that I used to put in. Yeah. Um, okay, so first question. Position group you're most excited about? Keep it short. Thanks. Um I'm probably going to say that's tough. I don't know. You, it's it's got to be somewhere on defense, I think, just cuz of, you know, how good this defense is looking. I would say middle linebacker, but I don't like the depth as much there apart from Chris Barnes. There's three guys you like. I'm going to go with interior D-line. I'm just excited to see what they can do with the guys that are healthy, the guys that are going to rotate in and be and be legitimate players for us instead of having undrafted free agents like clogging the middle next to Kenny Clark and Kenny Clark having to deal with double teams and whatnot. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the interior D line. I think that's something to be excited about. And of course you look at the cornerback trio. That's, this is a long sentence, my friend, my bad. All right. The next <laughs> one I'll be shorter. Forgot about the, uh, the sentence limit. Go ahead. My answer would have to be the cornerback trio, but I mean, and when you're looking at the depth, the cornerback depth isn't the greatest. So the depth would have to be interior D line, like you said. But we're just talking about starters. I'm very excited to see this uh, this cornerback trio. And when you include the safeties, the defensive backs as a whole, man, oh, it's gonna be good, dude. It's gonna, it's be, gonna good. be good. Okay, next question. Position group you're 
most worried about? I think it's fair to say um, maybe there's two options, either receiver or pass rusher. I feel like wide receiver, you know, with the uncertainty of the young rookies and whatnot, you could be worried about that. And then I think behind our two stud pass rushers could get complicated, but we'll see. I think there's a good chance it's come week nine. We're talking about how we need to bring another experienced receiver in. As we get, this happens every single season. It's going to be like the week before the trade deadline. And we're going to be making posts about dream trade scenarios, guys we could trade for, because we need to have someone on this team who has experience. We need to have someone on this team who can, who can catch a pass on third down because I I can just see that happening. So I would say receiver, I could see, I could see that room uh, going pretty poorly, but my hopes are high for them, you know? Okay. Final question. Give this entire roster a matting rating out of 100. 94. Wow. I feel like it's really good. It's really good. Look at the look at the group. The defense That's is good, ridiculous. Man. I would probably give the defense like a ninety six, offense a ninety two, something like that. When you have yeah, Aaron Rodgers, go, uh, you know I, it's hard to disagree. You got the ninety eight with Rodgers, but I'm struggling to find. Um, well, Bakhtiari would be a high nineties guy, but I'm struggling to find any other nineties here. So offense, I would tend to think it's more like eighty seven. And then defense, I would pin at 96. What's that average? Probably like 91. Something like that. I would put it at that. Um, maybe Aaron Jones is a 90s guy, but I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that's my final question there. So time for the the highlight of the show, our fun game. What do we call it? Play the pump fake, pump facts, or... Fake, or false facts, or play action facts. fake, or whatever. All right, whatever. Okay, it's so basically, am I telling the truth, or am I lying? Fun facts edition. Let me just explain the rules once again. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> the gist is we each have three facts here on hand. Um, some of them are fake. Some of them are real facts, but they are all fun. Um, the The gist is that Braun is going to have to guess which of these facts, if, if it's fake or if it's true. It's kind of like two truths and a lie, but we're not limited to having two truths and one lie. We could have three lies if we wanted to or three truths if we wanted to. Makes it more fun. Regardless, do you want to go first or you want me to go here, Braun? No, I'd like to go first, and I've got okay. one for you that uh, it's right, going to be a go. fun one. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Fun fact, Griff. With a minimum of 70 dropbacks, Jordan Love was the league's worst quarterback with a PFF passing grade of 31.3 out of 100. Is that true or is that false? <sighs> That's true, I'm afraid, because he was he had a terrible grade against Kansas City. I believe it was in the 28s, and I can't imagine he had a much better grade against Detroit. So I'm going to say that's true. You're wrong. What? I'm wrong. He is the second worst quarterback in terms of passing grade according to PFF. Mike Glennon was the worst, 31.2. But Jordan Love did, in fact, have a 31.3 grade. So, wow, that was his grade, but he was not the worst. Mike Glennon was worse. Mike Glennon. So. Who did he play for? New York last year, right? The Giants, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, at least Jordan has that under his belt. Hang a banner. That was a good, that was a good fact. It was a good fact, fact, yeah. Fake fact, right? Fun. Fake fact there. Okay, here's yeah, one. Right? Ready? Through 16 seasons, Aaron Rodgers has 494 touchdowns. That number... 
is the most of any 25th overall pick in NFL history, just passing Kerry Collins, who was drafted in 1995 by the Carolina Panthers. Can I clarify something? Is this is this rushing touchdowns included? No, no, no. This is passing touchdowns. You want me to repeat I'm going to go, f- this is false. Why is that? I think he doesn't have 494 touchdowns. Through 16 I think NFL- he has less. I'm going to repeat this for you, Ron. Through 16 NFL seasons, Aaron Rodgers has 494 passing touchdowns. His 494 passing touchdowns are the most of any 25th overall pick in NFL history, just passing Kerry Collins, who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers in 1995. And you think it's false because he doesn't have 494 touchdowns? I don't think that's the right number. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think that's I'm going I'm going to go false because mine are very minute details like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going is, false. It is false, but you have the wrong reason. Idea. He does have okay. in fact 494 touchdowns in his career. But Wait, um so that means he's going to get to 500 like next year. Yeah. I didn't realize how quick that was happening. Go ahead. But the problem is that may be playoffs included. I got this from that, PFF, well, and PFF oh, well, likes that's to probably the, I would say it's probably playoffs included. That's why just I said get that. To, yeah, he just got to 400. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I was like, video that's false. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Okay, well, it, it is true, but that's whatever. That's a that's a rounding error. The point was that I said he's it's the most of any 25th overall pick in NFL history. And that's not true? He was he was drafted 24th overall. Oh, that's really and good. And Kerry Collins was also drafted 5th overall. He was drafted in nineteen ninety five. So you gave me the opportunities there. You know what? But yeah. the number the number freaked me out. I didn't listen to the I knew the numbers the would throw you off. Yeah, I knew the numbers. I didn't listen to any off. other part of the question because I was like, <laughs> that's not right. All right. Well, next time make your fact a little bit more specific in terms of playoffs okay. included, and maybe we could play this game properly. My fa- <laughs> my fact was incorrect, not on purpose. <laughs> no, yep, there you go. Okay. Okay. Go um, let's see. All right. Here we go. Fun fact, Griff. After being first in the NFL in points scored in 2020, the Packers sunk down to 15th in the league in scoring in 2021. Simple statement. Uh, that's true. I, I believe there was the quite the drop-off in points last year. Yeah, that is true that the statement you just said is true, but you're wrong. It's false. Oh, my God. It's false. The Packers sunk down to only 10th in the NFL in scoring, 10th? so not 15th. They were, they right, were not top bad. 10, so a good right, fact bad. there, but again, okay. you're wrong. All right, here I, I'm, to the I'm surprise go, of okay. no one. Yeah, go ahead. The Green Bay Packers drafted a wide receiver in every single draft from the years 2013 to 2018, then ignored the position in 2019 and 2020, even though the position was arguably at its weakest point. Is that true or false? That's false. They drafted Amari Rodgers just this past season. Oh, wait, are you, was that 2021? I said 2019 through 2020. They drafted okay, a receiver gonna... in every single draft from 2013 to 2018 and then ignored the position in both 2019 and 2020. I'm going to go with true. I, I feel like that's true. That is true. Okay. 2012 was the last time before 2019. Get the sound effect in. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that was uh, 2012 was the last time that we did not draft a receiver. Um, back-to-back years that we didn't draft a receiver, I believe you have to go back. No, I'm not even going to say because I don't know. But it was a long time before 2019-2020 that we didn't draft a receiver in back-to-back drafts. Um, but now we're on a string of two years in a row where we did draft a receiver. So let's keep that streak going, folks. Yes, definitely. Okay, Griff, here's my final fun fact. Is it true or is it false? The players that had the most snaps on defense for the Packers in 2021 were Adrian Amos, 
1,101 snaps played. Darnell Savage, 1,071. Eric Stokes, 1,047. And Devondre Campbell, 1,041. No one else had more than 1,000 snaps. Is it true or is it false? I'm going to go with false because I think Kenny Clark played more than 1,000 snaps. The statement is false, but your reasoning is incorrect because if you look at Kenny Clark's snaps here, which I will, let's see. Oh, he didn't played, he have COVID? He played 828 snaps. Oh, I think he missed a couple games. Wow. I'll that, give you a hint. Is it false, though? I'll give you a hint. There's one imposter on that list of 1,000 snaps played. One of those players did not play 1,000 snaps. Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Devondre Campbell, Eric Stokes. Um, Eric Stokes. Mm, Which one of those guys? Eric Stokes did play. I think he started every single game. Not every single game, but I think he played in every single game. I'm going to go with Devondre because I remember him missing a couple games as the year went on. So, Devondre? Okay, Devondre actually did play 1,000 snaps. Adrian wow. Amos played 1,000 snaps. Darnell Savage? Darnell Savage played 1,000 snaps. Oh, my God. It was Eric Stokes? Eric Stokes played 988 snaps only. Oh, my God. That's now, how, talk about a, talk Wow. <laughs> talk about a... A specific fun fact there. All right, and the last fact, or fiction for today. Randall Cobb finished with fewer yards than Marquez Valdez-Scantling last season, having only 375 yards compared to MVS's 430. You know, that's actually kind of a tough one, even though it's a simple statement, just because I'm not, I know MVS had you know his fair share of yardage. I don't know. Could it be the exact numbers? What is the case, right? I'm going to say that's true. I'm going to say it's true. It sounds like the numbers are right. It is true. You're right. Yeah, ding, 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 finally. ding. Uh, finally. I think that was our first. No. I'm saying I think that was our first truth. I don't. I think because I did. No, no, no. I did two truths and one lie. Yeah. yeah I, did, I got three falsehoods. Right. Yes, yeah. I did. I lied to you yeah. three times. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to do it. Was that a fun segment? tell us i guess i don't know it was fine let us know was that it was fine it was fine um (laughs) it was fun researching that was fun we were doing that yeah um i feel like i came up with some fun like i I like doing like the fake facts so that's why yeah it's it's fun to like come up with to go on pff and like find some absurd statistics um Maybe we'll do that again. Who knows? We're going to be back, though. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening this far. If you're still listening, shoot us a DM. Let us know because it always helps to, to for us to know that you listen this far. Um, leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. Share it with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm. You can follow me on All Day Packers. You can follow Braun on at Lambo.Leapers. Um, I, yeah, that's going to do it. We'll be back later this this offseason in a couple weeks probably to talk about who knows what. Send us ideas. Send us some fan questions if you want uh, ideas to talk about because it's the dead period of the offseason. It's Mount Rushmore season. Maybe we'll do a Packers Mount Rushmore episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Go Pack Go. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Go Pack Go. Mm-hmm.